In the world of finances, we believe we can reach if we learn how to teach. There's nobody better than the preach. The finance preacher, ladies and gentlemen, coming up next. episode of the Cash Compound Podcast, where we have a guest in our studio. Now, he's virtual. He's actually out there somewhere, but welcome to Depot Edicina. He is the finance preacher on Instagram and TikTok. Hey, man, thanks so much for being here on our episode. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, sir. So we haven't met formally in person yet, but informally, we have probably seen each other as we scroll on these crazy platforms out there trying to help people with their finances, uh, help them learn about what's true, what's, what's, uh, what hasn't been taught in school or in their home anymore. But uh, Depot, appreciate what you're doing, man. I think we're going to get into it in uh, this episode, man. So uh, tell us a little bit about what you're doing out there on the, uh, on the Tickety Talks and the Instagrams, trying to help people out, man. Yeah. Yeah, sure, man. I definitely, first and foremost, like I said before, I definitely appreciate the uh, opportunity to be on your uh, podcast. I see you and your brother all the time. Like, you guys are doing an amazing job. So it was definitely uh, an honor when I got the request from you. But essentially what I do is pretty much all about financial literacy, right? Just teaching and equipping people on how to be more financially prudent and to build generational wealth um, using different tools to be able to do that um, with life insurance being one of them, as well as just pretty much just overall investment strategies, right? Um, and it's something I've been passionate about for probably two decades now. And, you know, just empowering our community and just making sure that people are liberated from debt and things like that. I love it. Now, when you say our community, I've got a question about what that means and who that is. See, I didn't grow up in the finance business. We didn't talk about it in the home all that much. You said you've been at the, in the game for 20 years trying to have a, uh, a message and get that passion out to people. So when you talk about the community, who are you speaking to? Who's like you? Who's like me? Who's like us? Sure. Well, obviously, when we leverage platforms like TikTok, Instagram, and all the likes, our message is going out there to the, you know, to everybody, right? But I think people that typically gravitate towards my message are the African, you know, African American community. Um, like you rightly said, these strategies in financial literacy is not something that was taught in homes, right? So now we're starting to see platforms like TikTok giving people like us the opportunity to now start preaching a certain message that people have never been exposed to. Um, so ideally, you know, like I said, you know, younger, not necessarily even young people, I'm starting to realize that even the older generation are gravitating towards this message because, you know, now they're in their 50s and 60s and they've never been taught financial literacy and some of the things that we share on these uh, social media platforms. When you say financial literacy, I agree with you wholeheartedly about what it is we don't know. Um, help us understand, though, how you would define it. What is financial literacy? How do we know if we're competent or not? And the reason I ask is because I think a lot of people assume they're okay. They're good people. They work hard. They're trying to pay their taxes. They're trying to get a better job, or they're trying to move up in their company. Are they financially literate, or are they, left, or are they being left behind? That's a great uh, question. So when you talk about financial literacy, it has nothing to do with how much money you make, right? Um, I know people who make six figures, well over six figures, and they still live paycheck to paycheck. 
So financial literacy is really the understanding of how money works. That's like the simplest way I can break it down, right? Um, when we go to school, most people were taught, hey, get good grades, get a job so you can start a family and live you know, happily ever after. But the unfortunate part is that people weren't taught on how to use the money that you earn when you start working a job. So financial literacy pretty much has to do with how to earn, how to keep, and how to invest your money, right? So essentially, you know, create generational wealth along the line. Yeah, it's very interesting that you even included invest into it. I think there's a lot of people, including myself, prior to having some of the knowledge that I have and what we try to train and educate people on now, I thought investing was something that was special. I didn't know that I should be a part of investing at all. I really did think that there was a breaking point of learning and earning, and I wouldn't have to invest. That's for a different style of person. But are you saying that investment should always be a part of everyone's life? Oh, yeah. Whether you're a business-minded or not, whether you all you've ever done was working nine to five all your life, investing is something that any and everybody can do, right? Now, obviously, there are different degrees and layout uh, um, degrees to investing, but generally speaking, anybody can and everybody should be investing. Got it. Take us back 20 years, my friend. How did you get into this business? How has it evolved and changed? Uh, a lot of things have come and gone probably in 20 years, and uh, you've had a you've been constant. So how did it all get started? Sure. So for me, I've, I think I've always been passionate about entrepreneurship. I mean, going all the way back as I was in middle school, right? The whole concept of, you know, you buy candy from the store, you resell it, on, you know, in school, you know, mark it up for 50%, you know, 50 cents or whatever the case may be. So that idea has always been, you know, in my mindset, right? But as I continue to get older, I quickly realized really when I got to college or even before college that, you know, there's something wrong between the educational system and what the reality is, right? As, as far as how money is being earned and how people become wealthy. So started reading pretty much when I was uh, my, my freshman year in college, right? About financial literacy, wealthy people. And that's when I really started to discover that wealthy people do certain things with their money than the average and the lower class do with their money, right? So that was like my journey, right? Actually reading books, following wealthy people, attending seminars and things like that. And back then, of course, we didn't have social media like we do today. So I wasn't more so uh, out there encouraging people about financial literacy as opposed to me personally trying to improve myself to kind of get a better understanding of how money works. And obviously, as you continue to learn, it becomes a lot easier for you to impart that knowledge into other people. So you're saying that school also failed you in this and maybe even your family. I'm sure they loved you, but give us a little background there. So you learned everything outside of the classroom, the traditional schooling classroom? 100%. In fact, I never did, I never did well in school, right? I stayed, stayed back in the eighth grade, so a couple of, you know, uh, grades, went to summer school. So for me, the school system was something you just have to go through because it's part of the system, right? You, you know, you're, when you turn five, you start kindergarten from the elementary school. High, so it's a system that you have to go through uh, because that's what we were brought up in. But for me, I quickly realized that Success has really nothing to do with what we call education, right? Um, obviously, there are different types of education and knowledge that you can pursue to kind of guide you into the path of being wealthy. 
And that's one of the things that I realized that, you know, my success was not going to be within the four walls of the, you know, of the school system as we know it. I love it. Okay, that brings me to our quote of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, we almost heard it from Depot right here. I don't know if it came from him first or Mark Twain, but I never have let my schooling interfere with my education. Depot, I think that's kind of what you were saying, right? I've never let schooling interfere with my education. We all went through school, right? And uh, it's obvious that we could sit in the same classroom with people day after day, and we have a different outcome, right? A different result. We had the same opportunity. We were all sitting there. We were all learning our science, our math, and our reading. But we had a different result at the end. It came out in our grades and our production and now in our mindset, which brings us health and wealth. So we all went to school, but financial education is so much different. Thank you, Mr. Mark Twain. Or, hey, maybe it was Depot that started that. I don't know (laughs) if he gave him that idea or not, but I thought it was relevant. (laughs) Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So uh, now let's get into some of your formal training outside of formal regular schooling. So what kind of prompted you into the what we might call financial services business? Where did your formal training start there? Was it a seminar? Was it I didn't have any other opportunities or I failed out of them? A lot of people look at folks maybe like us who teach and preach financial education, literacy, who get paid off sales and commissions in those areas as people who are not trustworthy. So how did you get started? Why did you think this was a viable option for you? Yeah. So I had a business partner who has been in the industry, I think since 2008. Um, And we've done multiple businesses together, you know, years back. And he just kind of been persistent about how important it is to get involved, to become a financial professional. Right. Um, how the products work, how it can benefit people and things like that. But I never really paid attention to it because I have so many other businesses going on. Um, But I think his persistency kind of led to the point where I made me kind of get a better understanding of how the products work and how the industry works. And I think in just sitting down with him, you know, for about an hour or so and really just getting a full grasp of the industry it just became a no brainer as to something that not only I can do, but also empower people out there who has zero knowledge of how our industry works and how some of our products work to actually help them in, you know, building generational wealth along the line. What would you say are the most misunderstood financial products out there? If people understood the way they worked or the way they didn't work, they'd probably change their actual habits. Huh, pants down life insurance. And why is that? Absolutely. Because when you think about life insurance, which I think even the word itself should be changed to what most people think it is, death insurance. Um, you know, when you say life insurance, there's this notion that obviously there are different types of life insurance, but generally people think that life insurance is a product that's designed for people to use after they're gone. Meaning that if I have a policy for $500,000 and I happen to pass away five years down the road, that 500 now gets transferred to my kids or my spouse mm-hmm. so that they can live after my passing. But of course, as you and I would know that that's really not the case um, when it comes to how some of these products work. And it's very obvious that most people don't know because now when you see content creators, creating 
you know, content around these various products, people are alarmed that they never knew that this type of product exists. Some people think they just came up with it, but, you know, these are things that have been going back as far as 100 years ago. But once again, the information or the knowledge was not properly communicated out there. So people have been misinformed for, you know, for years. It's one of our favorite things to rediscover all the time, how we can properly design and utilize life insurance for our living benefits, right? For cash flow, as we say around here, cracking the code to cash flow. Uh, But let me switch that question on you and flip-flop it the other direction. I want to switch the question Mm -hmm. to what financial products are being overused, and most people think they understand it, and they probably wouldn't use it the same way if they understood how they really work. What is something people think they know that just ain't so? Not full, okay. Right. Um, I mean, that's the, you know, I'm just talking personally from my own experience, yeah. right? And once again, you know, as we in the financial world start to, you know, we're exposed to a lot of things. And to me, it's my duty to, you know, acquire knowledge so I, so I can empower people with the right information. Um, I think a lot of people... Um, overly trust the system, right? A lot of people overly uh, rely on the government or the systems that they put in place to help them once they get to the point of retirement. So we don't question things because it's been that way for decades. Nobody starts a job and starts questioning 401k. Nobody gets a job and say, hey, you know, how are you allocating my funds and who's getting paid what? You know, am I guaranteed to get this money when I, you know, when I get to retirement age, what are the tax implications, right? We don't talk about that. The, the only thing that's out there is, hey, when you turn 65, you know, you're able to, as long as you have been putting away a certain amount every year at retirement, you now have access to this money that you've been putting away. Uh, but as you and I know that that's not been the case for a lot of American citizens right. who have been faithfully put money away for years. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people are in for a crazy wake-up call, and they're getting to that point already. After 2008, there's a lot of people in the boomer stage that are now retiring, right? The baby boomers are retiring like crazy every single day, and they're starting to realize that some of their desirement years, their golden years, are are not looking that golden because they realize this pile of money that I'm now able to have access to without penalties at least is taxable. Uh, my deductions are gone. Uh, the prices are going up like crazy, no matter what the president says. And I don't know if I'm going to make it. And people are living a long time because of modern healthcare, medicine, the way people have even taken care of their bodies. They're generally going to live another 20 to 40 years, potentially after retirement. It's really crazy to think about that. And uh, today I can't go 40 years. People my age cannot go 40 years without working, right? So people are having to triple up on jobs and other opportunities and retirement all of a sudden just means you get a part-time job or something. And I'm like, that's, exactly. I don't think that's what it's supposed to be, man. That's not what, yeah, not at yeah. all. So tell us about the typical client that uh, you enjoy working with. Who are they? What are they into? What are they trying to learn from you? Because it's not just the products. Apparently it's about the education. That's how I see you spreading the message. Absolutely. Yeah, so most of the people that I work with are people who are very highly, very much interested in um, this financial literacy we've been talking about because now we're sharing a message that they've never heard before. So once they catch a glimpse of what I have to offer, they constantly want more. 
So my typical audience are clients of people who, number one, they're probably millennials between 30 and 40. Um, you know, I start, I'm starting to see people are also in like their early, mid-50s who will get it to that point to really understanding that, hey, I'm approaching retirement and things aren't looking the way they're supposed to. So now they're looking for alternatives to secure their retirement, right? Obviously, we all know that one source of income, irrespective of how much you're putting away, is not going to get the job done, right? So people are looking for multiple streams of income. People are looking for how to protect what they've already been putting aside for retirement. And people are looking for retirement supplements. You know, so these are the different types of people that I've been seeing just really over the last one or two years, you know, reaching out to us. I love it. So when we're talking about uh, helping people understand the uh, benefits of life insurance and how we're going to be able to utilize that for this concept, banking, infinite banking, privatized banking, and things like that, there's a lot of noise that's still out there. And we live in an age and a revolution of all these people showing up on the algorithm who are saying everything possible about what this product can and can't do. 401k, same thing. I think we've been, we've all believed some lies out there. What is a common misconception about once people start to hear about life insurance? I think a lot of people who listen to us and who are going to listen to this are starting to realize that life insurance has a bunch of benefits. There must be something there. But what is, what about the message is, is uh, it teeters on the line? Like it may not be fair to say life insurance can do this. It may not be right for you to think. And if you hear it from someone once, you might think we're saying this, but. So how would you describe life insurance? What are the benefits of utilizing the right style of life insurance? And where do people kind of take it off base? Sure, sure. Uh, Well, I always like to clarify that life insurance is not an investment, right? At least in a typical form that people know it to be, right? Investment, you put money away, it grows. You know what I'm saying? Like there's an idea of what investment is and life insurance doesn't fit into that traditional terminology. However, it can be used uh, in a way to protect your money, and it can be used in a way to actually help you, uh, you know, accumulate some growth on the money within your policy and being able to leverage it, access it tax-free. Um, now, when you talk, when you talk about, you know, the the um, uh, misconception about life insurance, if that's the that w- that's that's the right what I'm looking for. Um, a lot of people that at least that I've been seeing obviously think that life insurance will can make you rich, right? You can use life insurance to become wealthy. Uh, well, the truth of the matter is, you know, you can design a policy to help you achieve a level of success um, if leveraged properly, right? But in itself, you can't use life insurance to really build wealth by itself without leveraging it to do other things, if that makes sense. Well, I so know. One of the I feel that, like I know. You know, I'm just trying to help everybody sure. else out there. So, what you're saying is, let me recap it back to you because I think I yeah. can uh, say what I know and you know to be true, and help other people. Sure. Is we're utilizing life insurance to protect our money, and it doesn't go bad, doesn't go backward, and we're able to leverage it for investments, other things that yeah. are investments. But now we're safe and we're protected with our money. And so we're not at risk of losing our money when we get into another investment strategy. But since our money is, as I always say, guaranteed to grow in cash flow, because if you place it in the right style of life insurance, it's going to be guaranteed to grow in cash flow. And if you do that, you can 
cash flow to other investments where your your money that you put in the life insurance is still safe. Very well correct. I think you, you yeah. that's why you're the pro. Right? Hey, hey, we're just out here trying <laughs> that, to that, trying to help. That's right. how I'm on your show. Well, yeah, you're you're one hundred percent correct. Yeah. Right. Um and I think you you guys actually do a better job at that than I do, right? Because I feel like you spent quality time doing life sessions and educating people and using different tools to help people understand the concept. Uh, the unfortunate part is that most people, I wouldn't say most, but a lot of people will still not get it, yeah, right? There are sure. a lot of people who, right. who don't want to understand and who have a preconceived notion that they refuse to change just due to whatever reason. But, you know, I think as far as this is concerned, the more we share and the more people are willing to be open-minded, the more they'll be able to see that this is a policy or a strategy that you can use to do a lot of things outside of the preconceived notion of what most people think life insurance is for. I love it. Coming up next, we have our fan follow of the week. This week, we've got somebody from YouTube, and I think uh, Depot, who's on our show this week, is helping us understand that uh, we do have preconceived notions about products out there, but somebody who's willing to change their opinion the way they're thinking because they're following us, at least that's what I've decided, is Deverick. What's up, Deverick Watson, Screen Talk Media out there on YouTube. Appreciate the follow, my man. Thank you for subscribing to our YouTube channel, and uh, we look forward to having a conversation with you very soon. Make sure you follow us out there, ladies and gents, at The Banking Bros and at The Cash Compound. All right, back to you, Depot. I totally agree that many uh, there's ways, ways in which words make us think, and sometimes those words paint the picture of something that we didn't say. And depending on who received that information, they may have thought that we said the word investment. Everything about what we're saying sounds like what traditionally we would say about an investment, but life insurance is not that investment. Life insurance, as my man Caleb Williams says in his book, The And Asset, it is the and asset. We're going to be able to secure our opportunities for investment because we have permanent life insurance with those benefits available to us. So it is tough, you know, and one of the things that we've done special around here is the three-cup setup. And the three-cup setup really helps people uh, understand. But it's not because we're smart. It's because we were sick of being dumb to everyone else. We're like, look, you're not going to withdraw your money out of it. How do we help them understand it's in a different bucket? And we said, maybe if we put it in a different bucket, they'll get it. So that's what we started to do several years it. ago. Yeah, man. Well, appreciate you following. I actually got that. I got that concept from you guys. When I first saw it, I said, this is a genius. Like, <laughs> right. it, it was so simple. Yeah for people to understand, people who want to understand, yes. to see how this thing actually works. And I remember when I saw that concept, like, you know what, I got to do this. And I, I made a video on that, and that video just took off because it just made sense to everybody. So I definitely want to appreciate you guys once again, really just for putting a lot of energy into coming up with different creative ways to, you know, educate people on these on how these policies work. Love it. Appreciate it, man. Well, thank you. Thank you. You just weren't around the day in day one when we first discovered this. And by discovered, it means someone wow. told us, right? Somebody told us the uh, power of leveraging uh, permanent life insurance in the way that we do with whole life. And we didn't know. So it took us a while to come up with that strategy. But that strategy and that word picture and that visual really help a lot of people. So I love it. Well, hey, right. what's uh, the other thing that's crazy is... is um, how much uh, social media is really able to help the financial professional reach people. There's a lot of people out there who want the information we have. 
They're sick of the traditional Wall Street. They realize at 50-55, this plan is not going to work. This nest egg lump sum thing is not big enough. It fluctuates. I'm getting too old too fast. Something was wrong with my ideology because it was flawed, or they just decide everyone lied to me, but hopefully they're not to that point of desperation. So I want to know how you've leveraged your social media and tell us where we can find you because I think you have a lot of followers on multiple platforms. So how have you decided to use social media to reach this large, larger and larger group of people all across the country and beyond with this education? Yeah, so I think initially when I first started out on social media, it was all about, you know, pretty much what everybody was doing, posting pictures, trying to, you know, socialize and things like that. But I quickly realized, at least for my passion, which has always been to speak and inspire people, I realized that social media was a platform for me to be, for me to be able to do that. So uh, when I first got really passionate about the financial industry, I just realized that this was going to be an avenue for me to empower a lot of people. So started creating content, you know, and as you would know, when you first start out, nobody knows who you are, right? Uh, but the consistency in doing the same thing over and over again, eventually leads to a tipping point where things just kind of takes off on its own. And that's essentially what happened with all my pages. Um, so now I'm solely dedicated to just, not just about life insurance, but different strategies and different things that can literally help people to scale up in their finances. Um, so yeah, I'm on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, not so much on Twitter, just hop on threads. Um, and my social media handles are all the same across all platforms. Love it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we'll drop that stuff in our description of this YouTube video and on our other places where we put our podcast so you can follow this man. Depot, appreciate you coming on, man, for a quick convo, but we love what you're doing. I follow um, when I'm not trying to proselytize and promote everything that I'm doing and moving right. people toward a live event or say, hey, join us for this next thing. I do every once in a while say, hey, you can go follow him, too. He's got good stuff out there. So, appreciate yes, appreciate you being on this show with us. And uh, if you, ladies and gentlemen, need a financial education awareness wake up call. Maybe you can just follow this man. So uh, appreciate you being with us here on the Cash Compound Podcast. And we look forward to partnering with you on cracking the code to cash flow in the future. Thanks, Depot. My pleasure.